leaving when you're gone. Somehow you come along just like a flower poking through the sidewalk crack. And just like that, you steal away the rain. And just like that. Hey there, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Dystopia. This is another mini podcast. Um, It is actually Sunday morning. Oh, goodness, what on earth is today's date? I don't know, the 11th, I think, and uh, of December. And uh, we are closing in on the end of the year. Uh, It's amazing. It's, It's just, sometimes it just amazes me how... Quickly, the years pass. When you're a kid, it seems to take forever. School never gets out. Vacation never comes. When we're adults, the vacation is over before we even realize it started. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of time displacement thing going on as we get older. But um, it is Sunday morning, and I am actually headed on into work. I got a deadline. Uh, If y'all remember uh, Friday's uh, a couple podcasts I put out on Friday. I actually put them out Saturday, but I recorded them on Friday, that uh, I had worked late, and uh, we have to finish this house, we're creeping in on a deadline, so I actually have to get up and go to work on a Sunday morning, not my favorite thing to do, but hey, we all do what we gotta do. So speaking of doing what we gotta do, this morning, I mean, it is, it's it's like 11 o'clock, I didn't do anything early this morning, Um, I wasn't getting up at the crack of dawn, that's for sure, but um, Speaking of doing things that we have to do, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking about, you know, getting up, going to work. Um, We all have things in our life that we that we simply have to do. And uh, I want to take a moment on this Sunday morning to reflect and tell everybody that um, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the things we have to do, we forget about the things we should do or we forget about the things that we want to do. And um, this is not something that we should forget because we should not forget about our family and our relationships. We should not uh, forget about our preps. We should not forget about... um, Sometimes we get so caught up in life's everyday things that we forget about the things that are truly important to us in our hearts. So on this Sunday morning, take a moment. Of course, you guys won't see this till tonight because I have to upload it and remaster it. But um, take a moment this evening, I guess, because you won't hear it till later. To, or even the rest of your week, take a moment to reflect on the things in our lives that are not necessarily things we have to do, but things we know we should do and things that we want to do, and, and make sure to take time for those things. So um, just throwing out a few housekeeping things out there, uh, as usual, go to survivingdystopia.com. There's no post up there. I am so tickled about this. Pappy Cannoli, he, um, he has been a listener of mine since way back when I used to... Uh, broadcast on Prepper Broadcasting, which incidentally, I heard some great shows over there this week. I hope y'all aren't forgetting about Prepper Broadcasting. Love it. Love it. Always over there, always listening. Although I'm usually listening on my way to work. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to make it into the chat room over there, but I'm going to try this week. Um, Anyway, yeah, I highly recommend it. Head on over there and listen. He's got some really great new shows going on over there. Anyway, um, SurvivingDystopia.com has a new blog post on there, uh, written by Pappy Cannoli. I am so thrilled uh, that he wrote in and uh, wrote us a blog post. And I got to say, it's wonderful perspective. You know, he's he's telling us a story about a, an adventure he had with his grandkids. And I got to say, sometimes, you know, when writing these blog posts, it's it's almost. You know, just just uh, second nature. I just throw this stuff out there, or other people will put it. Out. It reads more like uh, you know stereo instructions than a true heartfelt story. And and uh, what Pappy shares with us is you know a heartfelt story about a lesson learned between him and his grandson. Go read this post, comment on it, give us some feedback, uh, show Pappy some love. While you're over there, if you are on the internet, like on your laptop or on your um, on your desktop, on the right-hand side, um, there's a vote for us link. Click on that vote for us link, and, and it will take you. There's one that says click here to vote. You're going to click on it, and it's going to take you to a list of blogs. It's, it's voting for us to be in the top 50 prepper blogs, but it's also going to take you to a big, long list of these blogs. It's going to give you links to all these different blogs. 
do not pass up this great information. I'm telling you what, there are some awesome blogs on there. I mean, mine's the most awesome, so we need to vote on it, but you know, I'm just kidding. There's some really excellent information out there, and I highly recommend you utilize this tool. Um, if you are in, uh, I realized this today, and uh, sometimes I don't know why, what I'm thinking because I know these things, but um, if you're on like your smartphone or something, it is your, the uh, blog, survivingdystopia.com is set up for uh, mobile device viewing. And so if you are on here, you're not going to find it on the right side because it lines everything up. Go all the way down to the bottom of the first page and it has the link down there, vote for us. It's a little white square. Please go vote for us. I'm, I'm watching it. It's been climbing up, and it's so exciting to me. Every time I climb a place, I'm, I'm just completely excited about it. So head on over there and give us a vote. Share that information. Um, you can hook up on uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a page, and I'll be sharing it in a number of different groups and, and also on my page here really soon. I've just been kind of working on it. But it's um, Surviving Dystopia Radio. Uh, you can, there's a, it's a Facebook page and I'll also be making a Facebook group so that we can, uh, start up conversations. But I recently added also to survivingdystopia.com a new forum for the House of B show that's coming out. So, you know, uh, go over there and, uh, go into the forum and get some props. Say, Hey, we can't wait to hear you. Let's have some feedback. I need to, I'm trying to get some communication going on here and it's starting to trickle in slowly, but if you are listening Jot us a little note. Just take a half a minute to go out there and say, hey, I listen to your show. Whether you like it or not, hey, I want to know, but just, just let me know you're listening. So um, as for Surviving Distribute, that's all. That's pretty much all I have out there. Um, we're still looking for advertisers to put into the, when we start doing the live shows and stuff. Like I said, 90 days, it's free. All I want is a coupon code for my listeners and my readers. So, um, you know, we can put it on the on the blog as well. First 30 days on the blog is free so that we can see if there's any clickbacks. If not, we'll just keep going on the free until we, you know, we start getting you, you know, some, until we start getting more readership to, to make it worth your while. But um, like I said, all I ask is for a coupon code so that my listeners and my readers can get a deal from you. So if you want to put your advertising on the website or on this blog, on this, on this podcast, feel free. Uh, get a hold of me. You can go to the contact page. Oh, speaking of, on Surviving Dystopia, Pappy Cannoli went to the Write For Us link and he sent me a thing. And lo and behold, the very same day, here is the post. Um, one thing I have to do, I throw out there as a disclaimer. Uh, I might make editorial corrections or insertions to add to the blog post. Um, it is never meant to take away from your own post, but to make it a little bit more rich or, or correct any uh, grammatical errors that I may find. Granted, I'm not the greatest at it either. I have them myself. But if I find one, I'll try to make it as readable as possible because we do want the readers to enjoy the posts. Um, so that's it. Uh, if you go to the contact, you can hit feedback if you want to be a guest on this show. If you would like to be a host and, and you have a great show and you have a great show idea and you would like to be a host um, and um, have your own uh, show on the Surviving Dystopia Radio Network, then uh, contact me through the website and uh, we will talk about um, getting uh, you hosting a show. That's what I've been doing for this past week, which has kind of kept me from podcasting. And hopefully I'm going to get enough in here so I can do some, you know, some replays and some, do some, uh, some shows from the archives. But right now I just don't have the content. So I'd hate to throw the same boring thing out at you because there's only, you know, 10 of them. I'd have to keep doing it. But uh, hopefully we'll have some more. So when I have downtime like that, I'll be able to still supplement with something. But anyway, on to today's topic because I have been literally yammering on about a whole lot of nothing for 10 minutes. <clears throat> And we all love to know I love to hear myself talk, right? Because we all know I have a, an opinion about everything. So today is purely opinion. You guys are going to hear all about my opinion. It is political, yet it is not political. Um, most of you all know I go to school. Um, I am working at being the best writer I can, incidentally, uh, in class this week. Um, you know, I learned some things in my writing. I've, I, I, you know, sometimes we all, you know, we go to school and things like that. And we think, well, I'm not learning nothing. The kids in school think that they're not learning nothing. Well, you know what? I, I beg to differ. I have been learning so much information. 
that today I'm actually here, pardon me while I take a drink of my water, today I am actually here to share some stuff that I learned with you in my history class. Uh, the history class that I've been taking is pretty much a basic history, it is 1865 to present. And there are a few things, my final project is coming up, i got to submit it next week, and what I chose to do my final project on was the New Deal. Now, I don't know if anybody really knows what the New Deal is. The New Deal is basically, in essence, the Social Security Act. And um, in, in doing some research on the Social Security Act, I didn't realize that there were so many people so against this act that they, um, that they literally called it a, a move toward a welfare state. Well, I think that in today's day and age that we have seriously discovered just how true that notion is, just how absolute that that particular piece of legislation was and how fundamental it was in creating the welfare state we have today, this entitled um, this entitlement mentality that people carry. And, you know, I see it even in the children in school and things like this because, you know, I see them and they, you know, they, they come in with this, they're entitled to this or they're entitled to that and uh, you need to give it to them, you know, or, or else they're going to call somebody or, or, you know, I mean, they're going to call child services on their parents if they don't get the next best thing that everybody else has and they're going to say they're neglected and they're abused. And what's worse is child services are going to come and they're going to say, well, you have money. Why are you not buying your kid an Xbox 360? He's being bullied now because he doesn't have an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One. All he has is a Wii or all he has is a PlayStation and it's not even a four. Everybody's picking on him. This is your fault. You're doing this. Now, that's kind of an extreme uh, situation, but I was told a story about all of this and, and how far and, and, and how far out things have gotten. So, I mean, like I said, today is purely political, purely opinion and somewhat political. So, you know, just, just uh, listener be warned. You may not agree with everything I have to say. And that is fine. That is how we are as a country. We have the right to disagree. And, um, you know, we're guaranteed that right. However, pe people seem to, in this day and age, to have taken it to an extreme. They are, like, pushing it beyond the limits and saying, well, I disagree with you, so now you have to, have to be forced to agree with me. And this is coming down the line, and this is what's happening. And it's very distressing and disturbing to me. And I started to see in my history class, I started to see a change in the way that the American people did things. It started way back in the early 1900s, even as far back into the late 1800s when we started talking about monopolies and we started to talk about unions and, and all these things. So people started crying foul, not fair foul. This doesn't fit in with what I believe. So we need to legislate a change out of this. Now, I'm not saying that unions are bad. I'm not saying that, um, you know, we should have monopolies. You know, some of these things definitely were detrimental to workers. And, you know, I mean, working 60 hours a week, not getting overtime pay, not having a minimum wage. These things um, <clears throat> all had an effect on the workers. And people were getting rich, you know. I mean, that is the nature of the laissez-faire um, way of doing business and the, the commerce and the economy. And um, that is indeed free enterprise. We have a choice. We can pay our employees 50 cents an hour. We can pay them 50 bucks an hour. The level of the employees that we are going to get is going to be reflective in what we pay them. This is going to be also reflective in the products that we market. Unfortunately, here in the United States, we market very little these days. We don't make squat. We seriously don't make squat here in this country. Almost everybody these days is working in a field that is consumeristic at its consumerism at its finest. I mean, we do make some things. I work in the home building field and I renovate houses. Um, 
So I don't necessarily make anything. All I do is repair it. So we do have repairs <clears throat> to things that we have already bought. But we, we still live in a very consumeristic society. And um, this is, in essence, what is wrong with our society today. This is, in essence, what is causing some of the problems that we have in society. Everybody's a consumer and nobody is a builder. We are all consuming things and we are all working in the consumer industry. Uh, people work in the fast food industry. People work in the, you know, in the retail industry. We work in, in all these industries that are almost exclusively consumer industries. And all of the stuff that we consume is made elsewhere. Now, it's not completely and entirely true. But, you know, from, from the standpoint of looking at it, it's pretty true. Well, we have also managed to make it into the, the mentality in the society moving forward into the 20s. The 20s is where we hit the height of the consumerism. Um, people had to have the biggest and the latest and the newest gadgets. And, and it created this, this huge boom, this big, giant bubble in marketing and in uh, consumer products. I mean, people didn't have TVs. They didn't have fridges. They didn't have lights. They didn't have like telephones and all these things. So all of a sudden we're making all these things and people were hired to build these things and people were hired to sell these things and people were hired to market these things. So everybody's making all this money in the twenties, right? And they, and everybody's got to buy these products. Well, unfortunately we don't need a washing machine every day of the week. And the, the worst part of it all for the companies was they built their washing machines back then to last, so people weren't buying them. So once everybody had a washing machine in their house, now the markets and the economy is falling. And these companies are needing to lay off employees. So now there's a higher rate of unemployment. Well, not only is there a higher rate of unemployment, but these people don't have any money to buy more washing machines or to buy other things. So now the economy, you know, is basically falling. Another thing that came into play in the 20s was credit. Everybody's buying everything on credit, including stocks. People were, were wagering or, 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 or using stocks as collateral to buy more stocks. Well, the problem is, is when these stocks lose value, now that collateral isn't worth what it was when you used it to buy the stocks. So this is what caused this, this big giant bubble. And this caused the crash in essence that, and, um, you know, the banks, it's, it, it doesn't always seem to be the banks. Every time there's a crash, it's something the banks did wrong. Because moving forward, the banks, in essence, caused the big housing bubble, which caused the crash of 2008. They started doing, you know, all this shady stuff. And then I want to I bring something. Like I said, this is an opinion podcast, and it's my opinion. But I want to throw something out here. In the 1920s, when the stock market crashed moving into the 30s, when we experienced the Great Depression, which was all due to this huge bubble, the government came along, and this is when they created the FDIC. Well, when they created the Federal Deposit Insurance, FDIC, I remember what the C stands for, um, but it, 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 it in essence insured your deposits. Well, what they did is they assessed... This is when the federalization of the banking system came into play. Now, they swear it doesn't happen and it's not real. This is uh, basically when the government started controlling the banking system. They got the Federal Reserve and, and all this stuff. Well, what happened was these people, it was basically the same situation. The banks made poor, poor choices and then the people were suffering. The stock market is crashing and people are losing their farms. They're losing their houses. They're losing everything. And the government comes along and it bails out the bank. Why would you bail out the bank? The bank is the one who made the bad decision to begin with and decided to give the loans that were unsafe. Isn't it the bank's responsibility to make sure that the loans that they are given are viable and can be re and can be repaid moving forward. Now, in 2008, when the banks 
made huge mistakes. They were the ones who were being crooks. Those were the ones who were robbing and raping the American people. I have very strong feelings about this, okay? Because the banks come along and they make you this great deal. They're like, we're going to give you this loan. You're really not qualified. You don't have to put any money down to buy this house. And I know because I bought five of them, okay? You don't have to put any money down to buy this house. And we're going to give you this loan. And two years after you have been paying on this loan at this low interest rate, we're going to give you this low interest rate and everything. Two years after, your interest rate is going to adjust. And the very first thing they do, two years in, got say, you know, you don't got great credit. So they weren't giving great loans. They were giving you 5 6%. So you're, you're at 6% interest anyway. The banks are making a killing off of this 6% interest, incidentally, because the first 10 years of your loan is all interest. You're not, you're not gaining any ground when you buy your house for the first 10 years. So it's 100% interest. The banks are just raping the American public, raking it in. Two years in to these loans, the very first thing they do, month one, beginning of your third year, they jack up your interest rate two points. You're now at 9% interest. You're still paying 100% interest on this loan. You're not making any headway on this house yet. And they said, we are feeling just a little bit more greedy. We want more. At the height of this, people were getting 16 and 17, up to 20% interest on these bad loans. These people cannot afford these homes. Payments went from $700 a month to $1,600. $100 a month. This happened to one of my houses. $1,600 a month when you walked into this mortgage budgeting for $700 a month. This is why I'm angry. This is why the things in this government do not work. What does the government do? It says the banks are too big to fail. We need to bail out the banks. Millions of people lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. People lost their homes. Hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, lost their homes because of these bad practices and the greediness of these banks. And the government comes in and they bail out the banks. What part of this looks bad to you? I mean, if it smells like a skunk, it probably is, right? If something smells rotten... Don't eat it. Don't swallow the fodder they're feeding you. I want you to think about something here real quick. If the government had come in and instead of making loans to the banks, they made loans to the homeowners and they bought these bad loans and then you know, re, they did it through Fannie Mae or whatever they were doing. They revamped that whole thing, okay? Use them. Give the people a reasonable loan that is something a little bit more doable. I'm going to tell you a couple of things would have happened. One, we would have fixed the whole home loan situation within the government with the government loans. The government would have been putting out the same amount of money on these loans that they put out to bail out the banks. There's a big difference that's going to happen here in the next part of this. The big difference is the homeowner doesn't lose their home. Because the homeowner doesn't lose their home and the banks get their money, the banks don't fail because the government bailed out the homeowner, gave him a new loan, And paid the bank. The money still went from the government to the bank. However, now the homeowner has kept his loan. An effect of this would have been the aversion of the housing bubble altogether. And the 2008 crash of the stock market. Because, here's what we're looking at. If the government had done these new loans for the homeowners, the money still would have gone to the banks. The banks would have been bailed out. They wouldn't have lost all their money. Nothing bad would have happened here. Well, the confidence wouldn't have been lost as well. People wouldn't have lost their homes and the value of the homes would not have dropped like they did because so many people's houses were foreclosed on 
it became an issue of supply and demand. This is basic economics, economics 101, basic economics, the laws of supply and demand. There are now hundreds of thousands, if not millions of vacant homes on the market that have all been foreclosed. People are homeless, living in rental properties. Now, the rental market was great. They went through the roof. Prices for rent and everything skyrocketed. Home values went down. Now, I'll tell you an effect of the home values that dropped like this. The home values dropped. The banks all lost all their money because they were given $200,000 loans on this house, right? I sold my house right before the housing market. I made $53,000 for a home, put $30,000 into it, and got $200,000 back. I made a killing. But now the $200,000 home is back to being worth $53,000. The banks lost a shit ton of money. This caused the, the, the issue with the confidence in our entire system. Well, if the people hadn't lost their homes, it's all cause and, cause and effect. The supply and the demand changed. Now there's, and the, it's still even here in 2016, we are talking eight years later. Do you know, I still work on foreclosed homes. We still deal with an REO number of homes. REO is the a contractor term for caring for foreclosed homes. We make sure that they are uh, winterized. We make sure that the lawns and stuff are taken care of. These are called REO homes. These things would have not have happened. Now, this is just an example in present day that people can understand. Well, the same thing happened in the 1920s. You know the old saying, history forgotten is doomed to repeat? Here it is, a perfect example. People forgot. What caused the problems in the Great Depression in the 1920s? And we did it all over again in 2008. So here we are. We are doing the same welfare thing all over again. In the 1930s, in 1935, this historic piece of legislation was signed into law, the New Deal of the Social Security Act. In this, the original writing of the Social Security Act provided jobs, work for people who were unemployed. It provided government jobs. They were granted at a lower rate of pay, which saved the government money, incidentally. But it provided those without work a means to get that welfare check, that assistance, without being a complete drain on society. The government got its work done. By creating, they took this out because, why? The big company stepped in. And they said, they go to the legislators and they lobby them and they say, well, listen, if you're getting the work done and paying these people to do this work, then you're taking away from us. We won't be able to charge a higher rate for this stuff. It's ruining commercialism at its finest. So the government listened. They took out the work program and they, in essence, created a welfare state. A welfare state that we are so painfully obvious of today. We have huge ghettos that have been built by the government. They have enacted so many pieces of legislation, legislating things that they had no business legislating over. Now, I understand. Some bad people do bad things, okay? They, you know, don't pay women as much as they pay men. Well, you know what, women? You're free to go find another job. You're free to not do that job. You're free to organize the people in the company to say, hey, listen. You know, so they, they went and they legislated all this stuff. And they have been done nothing but, I mean, there are hundreds upon thousands upon millions of new legislation where now every part of our lives are being legislated into oblivion. We're being told what time of day. We're allowed to potty almost. We are now being told we can't collect rainwater. We can't live off grid. You need to be connected to the grid. Seriously, I had a story being told to me. Doesn't turn on the gas because they charge you $35 a month, even if you don't use it. Charge you $35 a month just to have that gas turned on to your house, even if you never use 
one little bite of gas. Never use nothing. $35 a month just to have the connection. Guy says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not turning on. I'm not paying you $35 a month. I don't need it. Unfortunately, the only thing in his house that is run by gas is his heater. He has a small child. Not a small child. You know, almost a teenager, a tween. <clears throat> and uh, in comes CPS and says, you can't do this. Meanwhile, they're standing in this very toasty, very warm house. This house is cozy warm. He uses space heaters to heat it because the electric is on. And, it, and because he was told by CPS that he was required to be hooked to the grid and had to have electric. He wasn't allowed to live off grid. But he failed to turn on the gas. So in they come again and they say, well, you have to turn this gas on because this is your source of heat. And he says, no, I don't. This house is warm. This is in January. This house is warm. What are you talking about? Why do I have to turn my gas on? He went round with them. Because these big utility companies say, we're not getting any money from these guys. Okay, so they're connected. This is what happened. People were saying, okay, fine. The law says I have to be connected. It doesn't mean I have to use it. So people weren't using it. And they still weren't making any money off this guy. And it pissed off these companies. They're like, hey, I'm still, they're connected, but I'm still not making any money. What the heck? You need to force them to use this. Well, their idea of forcing them to use it is to charge you a $35 a month connection fee just to have power, you know, electric and gas connected to your house. How asinine is this? This is another example of raping the American public. As it is, we don't keep any of our paycheck. Our paycheck is gone. And it is sent off to whatever powers that may be. And if we are lucky, we retain half to live on. Well, you know, the power and the electric companies, boy, they, they you know, they don't like it when you're conservation, you know, uh, conscious. And they don't like it when you decide you want to go off grid. So they need to legislate it so that you have to be on grid. I never understood this. Why do you have to be on grid? When there are wonderful forms of technology that are sustaining, self-sustaining, free forms of heat and electric. Geothermal is, is a wonderful form of, of, of constant and consistent heating and not just heating, but heating and cooling. The problem lies with the fact that we are taking away from big business. These are the people who are lobbying our government for all these sorts of things. The little guy, he doesn't get to lobby the guy. He didn't get to lobby the government during the housing crisis to say, hey, bail out the little guy. You'll be bailing out the banks at the same time. This is like killing two birds with one stone. Seriously. And you make interest off these loans. Wow, what a concept. It was good for everybody. That's not something the government would do. Oh, heck no. It can't be good for everybody. Well, now we have a gigantic welfare state that was legislated into effect by the New Deal by wonderful old Franklin D. Roosevelt. I want to tell you, every time a bleeding heart gets out there and says, hey, this isn't fair, you can bet your sweet ass something in your life is about to be legislated into oblivion. Speaking of being legislated into oblivion, the FDA now says that we can no longer purchase antibiotics for our animals at Tractor Supply or, you know, online or whatever. Now, we, we have a farm and you occasionally need to treat your animals. You know, you, you run into a myriad of issues that the animals may come across. Uh, you might need antibiotics. Wow, could I not talk. Antibiotics. Um, so now, as of January 1, hey now, listen here, we need to get yet one more expense. Yes, indeed. You got to go to a vet and get, yep, a prescription for your animals. I've never had to get a prescription for my animals. Let's just legislate the American public out of one more expense. Just like Obamacare, this massive failure of a, of a uh, health care 
thing. All it did was reduce the quality of health care, raise the cost of health care. I would tell you a story. Before Obamacare, man has an inch of actual true story. I have seen the numbers with my own eyes. Man has health insurance. Him and two kids. Costs him 50 bucks a week. It's not the greatest health insurance. He has a $2,000 deductible. This is why it's so low. Okay, he, he, you know, he, he has the minimum, 50 bucks a week for him and two kids. Now, after Obamacare, through no choice of his own, he did not change plans. His plan now has a $6,000 deductible and it cost him $138 a week for him and two kids. It covers nothing. And he must pay $6,000 up front before they cover anything. So unless your kid gets a broken arm, like his son did, you're never going to reach the $6,000 deductible. If you are a healthy human being who is required by law to carry this insurance, which is the only one offered to him through his employer, and since he has it offered through his employer, he has no other options. He is required by law to pay out $138 a week and have a $6,000 deductible. And this insurance doesn't cover squat. This is the glory of Obamacare. When you force somebody to buy a product, the product now becomes a must-have. Everybody's got to have it. There's no regulation on the pricing of such. I'm going to tell you a story about car insurance. And this is true fact. In the state of New Hampshire, you do not have to carry car insurance as a matter of law. In the state of Ohio and Kentucky, you have to carry car insurance as a matter of law. In the state of New Hampshire, my car insurance would cost me $68 a week. Full coverage insurance, brand new car. In the state of Ohio, my car insurance is now, I'm, uh, uh, I'm sorry, $67 a month. In the state of Ohio, my car insurance is $168 a month for full coverage. You know, rental car included the whole nine yards. I had to drop it down and make it something a little bit more manageable. But um, because insurance is required here, everybody has to have it. Since you have to have it, they can charge you whatever they want. And it's funny how insurance does not remain the same across the board. Because you don't have to have it in the state of New Hampshire. It's a premium. People are vying to get you to buy that insurance because you don't have to have it. But you have to have it here, so they're not vying. Not really. They jack up all the prices. If we were to make it standard across the board, this is all you can charge, it would sure change the face of insurance. <clears throat> to top it off, if you use the insurance, they charge you an arm and a leg, and now your insurance goes to the roof. They get their money back one way or another. Insurance is just a giant scam, a gigantic scam. If you were to take the money you put into insurance and put it into an interest-bearing account, inside of five years, you will have more money than you would need to pay off an insurance claim. Think about that. And never have to pay an insurance bill again. And you could actually get a small income off of the interest that is paid on that insurance money that you leave in the bank just in case. That's all prepping is. Prepping is just insurance. You know, I've been yammering on and on and on about all these things. And I never really made it to the topic that I was coming to. I was talking about the welfare state as it is today and uh, what we're staring down. We have more people on welfare, on some form of entitlement, today than all the years prior Two, people today spend more time and more energy and more effort trying to figure out ways around this system to get more and more entitlements from the system, free money, than it would take them to start a small business and create a product. We have more people today who laugh at the guy who's struggling and trying to build a small... If the government was to give the money 
to the guy trying to build a small business. You know how hard it is to get a small business loan? You have to have great credit. Yet they will give thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to a welfare mom every year. She's driving a brand new car and, and, and living in a, in a house that I just finished renovating that Section 8 is going to pay her rent. And she's driving around in a brand new car. Well, I'm putting brake pads on mine. She's getting food stamps and buying more food and junk to feed her kids. Well, I struggle to put back the extra can of tuna so that I can prep. This welfare mom is collecting. She goes to every church in the neighborhood and hits the food bank. She goes to all these different agencies and gets her kids on the Santa list and gets all these free presents. I know people like this. I know people who do this. They live better than I do. Their kids are walking around with $200 tennis shoes and I got holes in my shoes. How disgusting and backwards is this country? We cannot sustain this, people. We cannot keep living this way. People are going to get ticked off and rise up. We are already having issues. All these people who are out there protesting, why don't they just go to a job? We got students who need safe places from college who can't do their final projects in a, in a classroom because they need a safe place. Because they're too upset to think. You know what? Getting upset in life happens. It happens. I'm upset every day when I'm driving to work and this moron behind the wheel of a truck cuts me off. It upsets me. I don't need a safe place. I need to learn defensive driving skills. When I see these people living better than I do in the government, <clears throat> ripping every last dollar from my grasps and making it harder and harder to be a small business, an independent contractor, and, you know, they make it difficult for the little guy who's really trying to make it. They make it difficult for the single mom who's trying to work. I'm working. I'm out there and I'm working and I'm trying really hard. My kids are grown, but I did it. Working really hard. I worked three jobs. I took my kids to work with me because do you think the government would help me with childcare? Heck no. Heck no, they weren't going to give me one dime towards helping me get childcare for my children. You know why? Because I made too much money. They didn't give me food stamps either. Because I supported my children. Because I had to make enough money to pay the rent. Because I wasn't living on Section 8. I didn't qualify. It's a catch-22 for the poor little guy. You don't qualify for any help. Because you work too hard. Now, if you want to be a lazy ass and sit on your butt and play video games all damn day long, the government will pay you to do that. But God forbid you get off your ass and you go do something for yourself. Because as soon as you do, the, do this, the government is going to deem you worthy of work. And they're not going to, no longer going to give you anything. I really like the original crafting of the New Deal where they said, we will give you a job. We're not going to give you a bunch of stuff. We're going to give you a job. Whatever happened to giving someone a job? Now we just give them handouts. And there are some people who are career handout acceptors. They find every loophole, every means to squeak just a little bit more something out of the system. And I got to say, it's disgusting. It is completely disgusting. We live in a society of users, of consumers. of lazy people who want to cry because you hurt their feelings. You know what? In a SHTF situation, there is no safe space. And all of these people that are crying today are going to find that there's no safe space. That when rule of law ends, those 10% who are only being held in place by the rule of law are going to lose their minds and they're going to beat the shit out of you in your safe space. These people need to suck it up and get with the program and realize 
this isn't going to last. The other countries of the world, they're laughing at us. They're saying, these people are so stupid. One of these days, one of these people, they're going to do it. People think, oh, we're untouchable. We ain't untouchable anymore. They're going to do it. They're going to come in and they're going to mess up your world. And you're going to sit there and you're going to cower and you're going to cry. Honestly, anyone who's listening to this podcast probably isn't one of those people, I got to say. People who listen to this podcast are not the people who need to hear it. You're the people who just get to say, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. You know what I have to say to those people out there, though? Quit protesting. Get off your ass and get a job. Get a life. Get a, get a grip on reality. If you really don't want to work, go in the military. Seriously, welfare recipients get more money every year than a military uh, soldier. Veterans. Look at these guys. They don't, they don't get anything for their service. When they come out, they get poor care through the VA. They don't even get as good a care as people on Medicaid. They get poor care. They're not given a stipend like our politicians are. Gee whiz, if you're a politician, all you got to do is one year. You do one year and you get your salary for the rest of your life. Excuse me? What are you doing to earn that salary? Because frankly, all I've seen you do is mess it up. I am so thrilled with the example that Donald Trump has set by saying, I'm not going to draw a salary. I don't need one. I got money. Why do I need a salary? My kids ain't starving. I'm not going to draw a salary. I am not going to be a drain on the American public. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to work my ass off to make this country great again. But I ain't going to take a salary. Whether or not that man has anything good in mind for this country is yet to be seen. I do not know and I reserve my opinions. However, I can say, I give him props for standing up and saying, I ain't taking a salary. That's a step, you know. That's a man who I can say, that's one thing good. That's one thing that I, that's one thing I'll give you. He's got a few things. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, I reserve my opinions. Anyways, this short mini podcast has now turned into, oh, a big long rant. And all I did was make it through the New Deal. I didn't even, you know, I gave you a history lesson from the 20s to the 30s and and a short uh, synopsis about how it repeated. We have been legislating ourselves into bankruptcy for a long time. The government is not looking out for you. They don't really care about you except for the dollar that you represent with every day that you do go to work. Which is why I don't understand this whole welfare mentality thing. And they get this new thing coming out where everybody gets like a little piece of money. I get a better idea. Stop taxing the shit out of me. And here's an even better idea. I want to throw a couple of ideas that everybody's going to poo-poo. They're all going to say, oh, no, we can't do this. How about the man, if you don't pay taxes, you don't vote. How's that? How about... If you served in the military, you get the right to vote. If you pay taxes, you get to you get to vote. You bring your tax return in or your DD-214 that shows lifetime right to vote. I don't care if you work or not if you're a veteran. You did your time. Politicians, if you are a paid politician, you cannot vote. Any paid politicians cannot vote. I like this idea. And the reason that I like this idea is because it's almost an oxymoron. It seems to me that having people vote for themselves, you know, is like, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, I, you know, I can't, I can't think of the, the, um, there's a, uh, I'm, I'm stuttering at this point. Um, there's an old saying about having, you know, the person who, who does the thing, do, and for the life of me, it, it, it escapes me right now. I must not have had enough coffee. But anyway, you know, it's, it seems uh, like an oxymoron to have a politician vote. So if you are in any way a paid politician, you're not allowed to vote. If you're a veteran, you get lifetime benefits to vote. If you work and pay taxes, you get to vote. 
If you collect money from the system, you cannot vote. If you are not a legal citizen, you cannot vote. You also can't collect money from the system. You are not supposed to be here. Get the heck out. Seriously. And coming over here and dropping a kid while you're here doesn't make them a citizen because both of you are illegal. And had you followed the laws, that kid would not be here. Take the kid back to the country. I know this sounds terrible. Y'all think, wow, she is so mean. I'm not mean. I'm just a realist. The simple fact remains, if you were, if you were not breaking the law to begin with, you would not have had a child on this soil. Therefore, just simply being on this soil does not entitle the child to citizenship because neither parent was a citizen. And that's all there is. You know, if we were to revamp things and put them in, in, in more of a perspective, it's funny that there are more people, and they're talking about like the electoral vote and how Clinton wants to, to do this. And the funny thing is, is that um, and they want to do this recount and all this stuff. The funny thing is, is they want to see more about the guy who isn't paying the taxes, isn't paying the bills for the government, has to say, and less from what the guy who is paying the bills for the federal government has to say. How sorry is that? You're letting people who want to take your money from you decide where your money goes. Doesn't that sound like an oxymoron? It sounds pretty stupid to me. We need to revamp. We need a reset of this American government. And I'm really hoping that it comes. We need to go back to the original set of rules that came with the founding fathers. We don't need all this extra stuff. You know, basically it said, you have the right to the pursuit, pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You don't have the right to happiness. I heard that on the TSP, the Survival Podcast, and I love it. I quote it now all the time. Jack Sparrow said it. You have the right to the pursuit of it. You don't have the right to be given it. And once we start taking away the things that are given and making people earn these things, maybe we can get back to a society that is productive and smart. Because right now we are unproductive and pretty stupid. People, stay prepared out there. Because with the way that things are going and the, and the, and the stuff that is happening... We have explosive moments on every corner. We have explosive moments every day. We have riots and things could get out of hand at the drop of a dime. One bad idea on the part of one person can cause things to go very badly, very quickly. We are talking today about how absolutely backwards and upside down society is today. People do not see things from a logical perspective. Sometimes I just, I'm standing there, I'm scratching my head saying, I don't even understand how you can think this way. But yet they do, they think this way. And, and I don't know where this mentality came from. I don't know when we got so stupid, but it happened. And now that it has happened, it's going to take something big for it to unhappen. And I fear that this is what is on the horizon. So I wanted people to understand that it's not just something like a natural disaster, an EMP. Well, an EMP could happen because most of the world hates us. But, you know, I mean, all of these things could happen. But it can come from within our own little bubble. Our demise can come from the over-legislation of a people. Why do you think we had the Revolutionary War? We were legislated into the poorhouse by the king. And we are again being legislated into the poorhouse. We are being taxed to death. They say representation, taxation without representation. They say, oh, we're represent. No, we are not. We are no longer being represented by these politicians. They are represented the companies, the big businesses, the people that are lobbying in Washington. They do not represent you anymore. They represent big business. They represent their own 
needs, their own wants, their own desires. Their companies have their little fingers in everything. They give out the contracts to companies that they own or have stock in. They don't care about you. And as long as big business and utility companies and other things can lobby you, lobby the government and lobby you into submission, you are not free. We are not a free country. We lost our freedoms when we allowed these people to start legislating us out of our freedom. And I hate to say it, but it seems to me like we are headed for some issues within our own country. We don't need any help from outside because we are tearing ourselves apart. So all I want to say today, people, is we need to be aware. We need to keep our ear to the ground. Don't ignore things around you. Don't assume that your legislators are doing what they need to do. You're going to hear more about this on the show House of B. He's going to talk to you about the the convention of states, I think it's what he calls it. It's it's a thing that's going on, and it's and it's pretty important. I've been eyeballing it. I don't know a lot about it right now, but I've been researching it. Um, when uh, the House of B begins, he's going to let you know about this uh, very thing. And I challenge everybody to remain a patriot. Remember why those back in the 1700s rose up against the monarchy. What we say, people say we live in a democracy. We do not live in a democracy, although that's what it's become. It's not even a democracy anymore, although that's what they like to claim it is. We are in a democratic republic. We are a republic. It is by the people. Since when did we let these legislators take our rights, take our freedoms, walk all over us and use us? For their own petty interests. It's time to get prepared people. Every day you go out there. You need to think about being prepared. Not just. For winter coming. Not just you know for. The bad guys overseas. Not just for natural disasters. And things like this. But you need to be prepared. For the things that are coming down. It's come to the point now. Where you can't live off-grid. You can't collect rainwater. They're going to legislate you into oblivion and they're going to throw you in jail for putting a vegetable garden in your front yard. I have seen these articles and I've verified them. They are real. This is really happening. Anyway, we're closing in on the hour for this mini-podcast, so I guess it's not a mini-podcast anymore. This is a full-blown rant. Guys, go on over to survivingdystopia.com. Let us know your feelings. Log in over there and uh, sign up to be notified. Uh, go over to Blog Talk and follow. Follow us. I am on iTunes. We are on um, uh, iTunes. We're on uh, uh, Stitcher. Uh, go over to Blog Talk Radio and follow, follow the podcast. Follow us on iTunes. Um, you know, learn when there's a new one that's coming out. i got a lot of great content moving forward. After the first of the year, we're really going to blow up. we got a lot of people coming on board over after the first of the year. I'm very, very excited about all this. So come on and join on board. If you would like to be a guest or you would like to be a host, go to the contact button, get a hold of me. If you would like to write an article for survivingdystopia.com, get a hold of me. There's a Write For Us button. I'm in the process of updating the website, and I'm going to do some more this afternoon and the weeks moving forward. I'm hoping to get you guys out there some more... Uh, uh, a, a little bit clearer navigation. I realize that it's a little hard to navigate right now, but hey, the worst case scenario, hit contact me. Send me a note, shoot me a message. Let me know that you're out there. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know if you want to comment on something. If you have a question, if you want me to research something, anything, throw some feedback out there. I really, really want to get into some listener feedback shows. So hey, throw me some feedback. Write for us, survivingdystopia.com. Be there. Hey, guys, be prepared. In all things that we do, never forget to be prepared. We, uh... Have a good night.